Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right, you know what that means? You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. We're glad you're here. And um, before we get started on our great topic, uh, I'll turn it over to Steph, and she's going to pray our prayer. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, And through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love... Strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray pray for for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Um, hey, so I was, we were looking through um, some things, and, and Marcella June, through Catholic Missionary Disciples, who I've known for, and Stephanie, and have known for a long, long time, he put out something that I saw on Twitter um, talking about the world needs. I think the I think the title is the world needs countercultural Catholic disciples, and say that fast three yeah, times. <laughs> I'm only gonna say it once, but but um but I but I think that I think that it, it he's dead on right. I mean that's a simple comment. It's not so simple to be that way in a way that actually makes a difference. Um, there are lots of cultures that 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 are countercultural, but what he's talking about and what I think is a little bit different is the way that a Catholic would look at it. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I have not talked to Marcel about this. So this is all me and Stephanie and Thaddeus, who by the way is in the house. (laughs) (laughs) I cut him off off guard there, (laughs) but, uh, but, but anyway, so it's just our take on this and I'm sure he would have, well, I'm certain he would have other <laughs> <I'm about laughs> to say. some comments and even maybe some redirection <laughs> on us. But but the reality is, is that, I, I mean, there are whole segments of cultures that withdraw from um, society, you know, like, say, the Amish or whatever. And, and they're certainly countercultural. You can do it. But, but I think what he's talking about here and what is different from a Catholic perspective is more consistent. So with with who God is. So God is completely other and he comes willingly into this world which he created to be good but which which evil now exists because we ran him off <laughs> and and didn't follow he he enters into this you know the difficulties of this world particularly through the incarnation and so I, we're called as Catholics to not to be countercultural but to be in the middle of the culture being counter Countercultural, I think. I mean, that's not maybe full time, but to be a witness to to show different. It means you have to be out there doing it. And I do think that that's what points people in the direction of what's different about them. You know, what what why are they doing that? It may cause. It may not just cause a question. It may cause anger, but it may cause. Disagreements. It may cause all kinds of things. It may happen as a result of that. 
but ultimately that's it. I mean, Jesus says we're, we're, we're salt and light, you know, I mean, if you think about light, you know, sheds, you know, makes uh, visible things that are hidden you know, people like things hidden. <laughs> I mean, if you ever seen my son's closet, you know, <laughs> shove it all, shove it into the closet. It's clean, mom. You know, <laughs> turn the but light turn on. the light on. You see in the in the closet. You know, open the door to light, and 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 things that you don't want out there come out. Salt, you know, it preserves, but it also, if it gets in a wound, can can cause some pain too. So. We're, we're meant to do something that kind of makes people more alive, makes things more alive, and we have to be out in it. So I think it's a very, it's a tightrope-like act. You have to walk consistent with the gospel, but then at the same time, you have to be willing to walk into places where the gospel is not accepted. And that's the hardest part. And so raising children... You know, we just, you and I didn't, I mean, our age, we didn't grow up in a, most people, whether they were Catholic or Protestant or whatever, when we were younger, most of the families that we knew, they all would have kind of similar values. They would have valued marriage as husband and wife. They would have, they would have said, you know, kids don't lie, cheat or steal. They would, they would say don't you know boys and girls aren't going to spend the night together at our house i mean there's just things that 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 today happen and are put out there that just weren't there when we were there so i think it's becoming more difficult for people who are raising their kids to raise kids that are can engage the culture at least by being able to say something um when something comes up, I mean, I can think of my, I think it's the hardest thing as a parent as they, as they get older is to have prepared them and to put them out into places where they're, they're not with a bunch of people just like their family mm-hmm. or like the friends that we hung around with. And we're seeing it now with, with, with our kids going yeah. to different places. We're seeing kind of the fruit of it. And the radicalness of the other side <laughs> that is confrontational in many cases. And we need to be radically different from them, but in a way that's engaging, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what's... Well, I think because ultimately you hope to encourage dialogue because Absolutely. you're never going to, um, and I think Marcel addresses this, and just so we're giving credit where credit is Yeah, this is, is Catholic due. Missionary Disciples. Yeah, Catholic, yeah, Catholic Missionary Disciples.com. It's uh, Marcel Lejeune's, um, uh, po- his blog post um, entitled The World Needs Countercultural Catholic Disciples. So, um, yeah, his, website's is, his website is Catholic Missionary Disciples, um, plural, dot com. Um, but... Yeah, it talks about how, um, you know, that you're, you're not, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get anybody to change by hitting them over the head or, you know, I mean, those, those, you know, what, what has to happen is, well, just what disciple means. I mean, you want to walk alongside, you know, um, someone, but then you also have to be, you know, I know we're talking to one of our kids right now about being brave enough and courageous enough, um, to not tolerate some of the speech and language and topics that boys and girls <laughs> are um, so boldly uh, willing to to say to each other, you know, uh, and sometimes, you know, being countercultural means, you know. I but don't see, think- even today, even today, like in, in the setting that we find ourselves today, if you think just back over the last year, particularly in the po- political realm, <laughs> mm. you you – you you don't have any more this dialogue. I mean, like it's they're they're like okay, I it it's become so personalized that, that it's so much that what I believe is me, and 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 to attack what I believe is to attack me personally. Well, if, once that becomes that way, you can't have a conversation. It's difficult to have a conversation. Yet, from a Catholic perspective, that's exactly 
where we want to be. We want to be in a dialogue, not yelling at them like, oh, you're an idiot or you're wrong. Even if they are, <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to do that. You want to engage in conversation and have a dialogue. And, you know, I do appreciate that one of our sons that, that is, I mean, at least he's open to having a dialogue. I mean, trying to coach and counsel, because frankly, some of the stuff I've heard that he's heard said from friends, I, I it just literally taken aback. I mean, and so it's like most everything and, and you listening that have younger people as children, I mean, in just the, there are things that are being said from girls to guys in just casual conversations that I can't recount here, but I can guarantee you, you would, if you're my age, you would never have thought that anything like that would ever happen between two educated, normal kids from decent families. Well, I mean, I don't know the other person's family, but, but the bottom line is, um, there are things that are happening that you cannot be prepared for. I mean, you can kind of be prepared for it, but you don't address some of the things that are happening to your children on front other than principle, you know? So that's why I think this is really important. You're raising somebody to understand this so that they can go out into a setting that is not always going to play by the rules that you thought they were going to play by. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about that before about how, you know, it's, it is impossible to, to think that we're going to go through a scenario, you know, every scenario that our kids, yeah, that our kids would be exposed to, but, but to pray about for your family, the principles that you want to instill in your children so that they can plug them into those, you know, um, you know, various little segments when things happen. And then obviously you want to be on their list of people that they talk to. Like, again, like Trey said, some, some of the stuff that has, uh, been, so, has been told to our son, I, like I've never heard before and nor would I have ever said it in the company of, of a mixed company, even if but I, the, but it the, was in my language. But like I said, the cool bag. thing was other than my jaw <laughs> dropped when I heard, I was like, wow. <laughs> was it my son was telling me what yeah. the conversation was? Yes. So thank you. So that's God. that's a that's and we want to make sure that we foster that. So like one of the things this has nothing to do with with Marcel's talking about, but he really does have something to do with it. Not he didn't talk about this, but he it but one of the things that as parents you want to even if the jaw drops, <laughs> I mean, to try to maintain something where you know, you haven't signaled so much, well, okay, next time something like that happens, I'm not going to talk to dad. You know, I hope I didn't do that. You know, anytime you, you, you want to, yeah, no. you want to engage them in a way that keeps that communication open. Um, but like I said, I mean, you guys that are younger out there that have kids, this is the trial. The trial is we have to teach our kids how to be Catholic, truly Catholic, in this culture, which is what we're going to get to. But the culture is so radically changing so quickly that we can't like pre, we can't figure out what's, what kind of things you're going to have going on. And you can pretty much assume that there are going to be things. There's no way that you knew were going to happen. Things that were going to be said that you never would have thought that's going to happen. And, sometimes the natural reaction is to want to pull your kids back. And when they're younger, that may be the most appropriate thing is to not allow them to be around that. But at some point from a Christian perspective, we have to go and engage carefully, thoughtfully, intentionally um, people that are outside our value, um, our values that are, that are not there. And that's, that's the difficulty I think of, of parenthood, it's the difficulty of being Catholic. Um, you know, how do you engage the culture unless you're in it? At the same time, how do you protect yourself from what the culture is giving to you in a way that allows you to stay different, but to show his love and have a, a counter argument or counter cultural way of living that is noticeable to others? I don't know. 
That's you just be like Jesus. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> End of show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mic drop. See you later. <laughs> no, as you were just saying all those things, I'm thinking, and I think Marcel kind of goes through some of this in his article about, you know, how Jesus met everyone where they were, you know, um, he didn't, he didn't, uh, I mean, other than his disciples, I guess he had a little click, but <laughs> his apostles, but, but, um, and of course we all, I think that that's probably well, one of the big the, things. Yes. Yeah. You need, you need that, you need that group that you can go back and plug in and, and, and regroup and rejuvenate. Um, you you know, um, we all, we all need that, but, but that he, you know, he, loved everyone and and but was lovingly truthful <laughs> and allowed people to walk away allowed people to be angry allowed i mean you know we had we have had and have free will um and i think that's know. probably one of the harder things to go through i mean everybody and this is one of the challenges everybody wants to be liked you know yes. and and Sometimes the right answer is the truth. I'm, I'm not saying the truth is always the right answer, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying that there's a, there, there's a having a discerning attitude on how do I deliver this? Yeah. I think in most cases, you're not just going to hit somebody over the yeah. head. You're going to develop a relationship, but it's got to be sincere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be out of love for the other person and caring for them. And so we as parents, I mean, we go through the things that he says, but how do how do we as parents help raise kids that are okay with being countercultural? Um, the more engaged they are growing up with the culture, I think the harder it will be, but there'll be less shock going forward. Meaning, like, you know, that's part of what we did. This again, just the Trey Cashin, Stephanie Cashin deal. We we said we wanted to lay the groundwork for them, but then we wanted to put them into, into, we chose to put them in public schools for the purpose of at least them being around when they're exposed to things and to be able to walk them through that as opposed to going when they're freshmen, they're sophomore than like not ever having ever seen or heard that. So we were kind of, prayerfully mm-hmm. oh, what we and purposely mm-hmm. saying, okay, we're going to let them go into this and they're going to be things in there. We have to have a, and we have to have that line of communication open. They have to feel like they can come back and talk about what's going on. And we have to be able to engage them with, not with yelling or you should never do that or whatever, but then kind of walk them through. So it becomes theirs, but that's how we decided to do it. But at any rate, I do think that there has to be some of that, because if we extract ourselves completely from it, we're not really going to have an impact. If they don't ever see us <laughs> in the fray, um, then it's going to be hard to be a witness. But you have to manage that as a parent. Just, mm-hmm. This is, again, so the easy thing is to either, I think, to fully extract <laughs> or just let let the kids go and do whatever. The answer that I think is probably best is, you know, it's somewhere is in somewhere in between. <laughs> um, we can't just throw them to the wolves, but at the same time, we can't just keep them separate. So anyway, I, he, he makes, he has four good points in terms of things that, that he thinks. And all of these, I think, get down to the fact that, as one of my professors says, which I've quoted here a bunch, but I think it's really important that to be Catholic is to be punchable. I mean, it's we are human, and everything that he says here, whether it's something that's in our mind or that we have to go through through our intellect and our will, always ends up in needing to be something that concretely comes out so that people can see. And again, that's perfectly in line with the mystery of the fact that Jesus was the second person of the Holy Trinity, is the second person of the Holy Trinity, who came and took on human nature um, in order for us to see him with our own eyes, in order for us to have God revealed to us through what he does. We, we know what love looks like 
because love became man because God became man. And so anyway, I think, I think his points also speak to the purposefulness and the intentionality, um, you know, right. that, that you, you know, that you have to have as a couple for your family, for yourselves as a couple and for, you know, for your, for your family and, and, and children. Um, and again, that's going to look so, that's going to look so different. And hopefully you do have that group of your group of apostles that, <laughs> that you're able to plug in with yeah, the married and, couples you hang out with, yeah, and, you know, yeah, absolutely. Bible study ladies. I mean, you know, the, that group that, that you can, that you can extract things from and realize that, you know, what you're extracting may, may, you know, you may pick something that you like about this family or how they do something, but know that it's going to be a little bit different. It may not work exactly the, uh, at least that's what I learned. You know, I'd always try to pull something that I saw somebody was doing and it never looked exactly the same, but that was okay. That was, you know, it was how it played out in our family. And so, um, you know, just, um, be flexible and right. Well, he, so he the first one I think getting to it is he says to reshape our priorities. Um, I like the idea of reshaping because it, our priorities do end up taking a shape. I mean, they end up being something that we can see and and feel. And I think he points out something that's that's a little that we've kind of known for a while, but it's kind of a little disheartening is people that call them Catholics. Um, you know, he says the st- statistics prove this. This Catholics serve, donate, vote, contracept, abort, et cetera, at the at basically the same rates as most anybody else. There's very little different. That's a generality, and who who does that? I mean, I mean, our friends. I don't think that that's the case. I mean, if you took the Catholics that we know, but but in general, that's probably the case. You can look at some of the higher profile Catholics who call themselves Catholics. Um, in politics right now <laughs> and and know that they are not doing something much different. And we can even look at what happened in this election um, and see that um, Catholics split pretty much down the same ways that anybody else out there is. And, you know, he, he makes comments that too many Catholics are going along and getting along all while losing their souls. And so he, he goes on and says, you know, what does a missionary disciple look like? And, and this is what I like. It says it depends on the person. And for us, it would depend on the marriage. It would depend on the family because everything looks different. Every, every person is unique and unrepeatable. Every family is unique and unrepeatable. Every child within a family is unique and unrepeatable. So it, it wouldn't, but I mean, they wouldn't look the same. The more radically you live in line with the gospel, the less like, the less you will be like other people. That's why saints have such a broad range. <laughs> if you look at the people who all look the same, the people who are trying not trying to be countercultural end up looking just like everybody else. <laughs> when you start trying to look the way God created you, and that's one of the things you got to raise in your kids and tell them. You're going to look just like you. You want to become you. And if you become like you, there will, you will not look like anybody else except for Jesus, but in your own, in your own uh, way with your gifts. So, um, but I think, you know, that basically in talking about prioritizing, um, I mean, think about this. One of my, my conversion story Back to the faith. I mean, I, I was going. I was a nominal Catholic. Basically, was a friend of mine who's still a friend of mine saying, "Okay, so what? What are your priorities?" And I think everybody needs to ask that. And he's and 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 I said, "Well, I was in a you know Bible study, so I said correct answer, right? I mean, God first, <laughs> wife and family second, and then everything else third. And he said, oh, that sounds great. And he goes, okay, what I want you to do now is this next week, and you come back, and I want you to look at what you do every day, and you tell me what your priorities are. Well, that was the beginning of my conversion, because he confronted what I knew to be the right way with what I was actually doing. And I think for each one of us, that's something our priorities play themselves out in the choices that we make, in the way that we operate 
So if God is first, what does that look like? And God should be first. God should not only be first, he should be central to everything that you do. So how does that look? Um, I mean, in a countercultural way, when you go out as a family, or do you, will you pray? Will you bake the sign of the cross when you're at a restaurant? I know this not, doesn't happen quite as much these days, but will you? that's a small thing. But, you know, it, it is counterculture. You don't see very many people doing it, and you don't. Are you willing um, to do that? If God is first, then before we eat, we recognize him, even if we are in a public setting. Um, how else do we do that? I mean, we played base. We played a lot of club sports, you know, that, that took us away on Sundays. And um, how is God first on that? Well, you know, if it was ever a choice, which, by the way, it never did. The great thing about being Catholic is, <laughs> is having MassTimes.org. And <laughs> you could always figure out a way if you're intentional to make sure that Mass occurs. But we always used to tell our kids and our coach, if we can't go to church, if it's between church and playing, it's going to be church. And so, again, we were one of the few that I remember um, making the effort to go during that. But I mean, that's not patting us on the back. That's just, that should be the way that we're known. If we go on vacation with other people, are we looking in advance and going, hey, how are we going to get the mass on this day, even though we're gone? Because I know a lot of people um, who don't. I, that's, you know, why that's me. When, when, when I grew up, if we went on vacation, we went to mass. <laughs> Where, where, wherever we were. We, I mean, nowadays it's so easy to find one. I mean, you just push in masstimes.org and mass is near me. And, and I mean, it's ridiculous, but how easy it is to find a place. But again, lots of people don't do that. Um, so again, those are just, those are ways of showing the priorities. Family is another thing, you know, how do you how do you as a parent show your family and the world that your family is second <laughs> after God um, before everything else? And what kind of things do you do? Anybody? I'm, I mean, I'm, it's not a monologue. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, what kind of things do you what kind of things do you do to do that? Do you make it home? When I grew up, my dad would would find a break in work as a doctor and come home to watch our football games at night and then leave from the football game to go back to work. Whereas a lot of the doctor's sons that I knew, their dad just was, I'm working. I, I'm, I can't make it. That is a countercultural to who he was around. It communicated to me that he cared about us and what we were involved in. Even though his job was important, um, it it was fit around in most cases us and our families. So again, I look at what's going on with 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 my family now, and a lot of that's flown you know flown from flowed from the family I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So again, like my friend, you sh you should think, okay, what are my priorities? Hopefully, they are at least in generality. God family, marriage, family, and then then everything else. But then look at what am I spending time with? What am I spending um, my time on? If God's first, am I praying? You know, am I doing that? He made has a comment. I'd never seen it before, but he said, he said it's like the old saying goes, which I didn't even know it was an old saying. <laughs> if you don't have 30 minutes to pluck, Pray, that means you need an hour. <laughs> you know, so I'd never heard that before. I but. just need a day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, That's very convicting, uh, you know, looking at how um, you spend your time, because I know, you know, I can I can definitely get going in my day and, you know. Um, oh, it's very easy. I yeah, mean, yeah. And, and, and God wants you to do a good job at what you're doing. He's not doing it. And the, 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 Time issue is, I think you do need to make time for that. But, but as you're working, just simple glances to heaven. Like I said, I mean, Teresa Lassoux says, "What is prayer other than just 
a simple glance to heaven. We've said that before. So if you're busy doing stuff and you have stuff to do that is part of your vocation, you know, for, for you name it, for whatever you're doing, then take moments, set times to reset and just say, thank you, God, for the last hour and moving forward help me get through this next hour and get done, you know, what I'm, what I'm chored with doing at this moment with, um, with your grace and with your power and in a way that brings glory to you and those type of things. I think that's really a way of doing it because we're kind of melding a couple together as everything is Catholic, you know, is universal. So you, you as much as you break it apart, it all comes back <laughs> together. So, so it's funny that, it, you know, it, it is a, that's a Catholic way of looking you know, you can split it apart, but really they all kind of fold in on themselves. So number one was reshape your priorities. So have them take shape in the things that you do and they can be very small things, but be bold enough to, to do it. The flips, the, the second one after reshaping priorities, which were kind of already flowed into is putting your time and your money um, where your mouth is. And again, those are measurements. We, so we, we have a God who showed us that being human is a great blessing so much so that he became one of us to show us that. And so he came into time. Eternity entered into time. And because of that, it's, it, we're meant to um, use our time in a way that, shows the world what we believe. Well, and I, I just always remember this just reminds me of when I was a, um, a young mom and, and I used to get so frustrated cause I had this, you know, list, this to do list to do, you know, I had, I had all these things that were good and right. I was a wife. I needed to have, you know, grocery shopping and, and, and cooking and, and, folded clean clothes and, you know, your, your, your literally laundry list. Um, and with small kids, <laughs> it just doesn't happen that neatly. It just uh, check boxes don't get checked <laughs> as right. often and as much as Well, they get checked like. and then they get written back down again <laughs> to, to do it again. Are the, are the interruptions and it was, and it was like, well, I guess one particular day I must have been totally frustrated and, and but the holy spirit was able to get through to say you know you that's a great to-do list but why don't you stop looking at these interruptions and interferences as things that are keeping you from doing what you, you what you want to do and these are this is god's to-do list for you <laughs> this child that wants you to read a book or you know go play or you know go swing or go do whatever this that's God's to-do list for you. So it's great. And I'm not, you know, you can come back to the other list, but, you know, so it it is, it's truly, I think, just listening and, and, and being available to, to what is God's will in my day? And listen, you're talking to the biggest control planner freak ever. <laughs> and uh, and I wish I was I wish I was as good as I'm talking about it, but it's a it's certainly a good reminder for myself too to you know um to to remember that that phone call that a friend makes is not keeping you from doing something <laughs> but doing something that maybe God needs you to do. Right. Um, and, and I love so, that. I love that way and you, you make a great point. There there that in and of itself points us to the fact that Often God uses circumstances, uh, people in need, whatever, to kind of catch our attention and maybe draw us um, away from things that maybe we wanted to do. And there's that tension that occurs, like you mentioned there. But, but the way to handle it as a Catholic, the way to look at it is to say, yeah, I've got that to do. And I need to really get that stuff done, but I'm going to trust that God has put this person in my, that, that God is actually working in your life in a way that's asking you to do things simply by the 
people who get in your way, <laughs> you know, whether that's a child or a friend or, or whomever, that that is often the way that he does that. So take the time to do that. And, and, and God's fine with lists. I mean, he was very orderly in how he made the, <laughs> made the world. I mean, <laughs> uh, he's, he's good with order, but sometimes, sometimes we have to let our order uh, go and let his order take over. And it's not always the way we want it or in the, in the way that we, you know, would like it to be done. Um, there's always time to get lists, but he also makes a really good point here talking about, you know, being a good Catholic and make sure you're getting your 30 minutes of prayer in and have a checklist. And, and we need to get our kids. He, he said, you know, I, I, I decided to kick my butt and the devils at the same time. So I went to, and this is important, you know, it could have been, I went and did this or I went and did that. He said, I went to confession. I went to adoration. I went to mass. And so as Catholic parents, we need to, we need to be teaching our kids that the sacraments are the objective ways that we can know that God is giving us grace, guaranteed that it will be there. So if you feel like you're lacking grace, if you feel like you're just going through the motions, then go put yourself in front of the master. Go to mass. Go do a good um, a good examination of conscience and go to confession. But again, that's a proper use of time. If 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 time is not being made booked as if, you know, as an appointment. In fact, I've stopped when I go when I I'll try to put it into my schedule, but if somebody asks me, where are you going? I don't say I'm going to mass. I'm going to a meeting because I am. I'm going to meet <laughs> him. <laughs> and so um, instead of I'm going to church, uh, no difference, but I'm, I'm going to a meeting. If they ask me, well, who are you meeting with? I'll, I'll say Jesus. That's where I'm going. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I guess what I'm saying is, is that, that that's a, that is a proper use of time, too. To, to make that. And if you see that you're going through the motions, then maybe it's time to do that. Um, the other thing is, is also like he, he talks about tithing. This is one of the hardest things there is, is the, the, but again, it points to giving money when maybe you need the money <laughs> for the sake of somebody else, trusting that everything that you have has come from God and that he's more than able of replenishing um, things I, you know, this morning we woke up and realized, or last night realized that that um, that there was significant amount, amounts of water coming out of a bathtub, um, and and I, in my mind, into a hall, you know, into a hall. <laughs> all, into, let's just know, say into a hall that has flooring that is six weeks old <laughs> and already curled. <laughs> But no, it's yeah. our, it's already, so it's all good. So we woke up to that. So I'm up there praying. I'm like, Lord, really seriously. I mean, and, and I'm thinking this is going to be, this is going to be a $5,000. <laughs> I mean, at least job. I mean, in my mind, that's what's going on in my head. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, you don't know that Trey. God does. And so I kept saying, okay, I surrender this to you. Okay. You take, you know, there's a prayer that I've, that I've learned recently, the surrender prayer, which is, you know, it says, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of it, you know? And anyway, so we make the phone call this morning and get a guy that helps us. He says, hey, this is this guy's cell phone. Have him come over. The guy walks in, literally one minute goes, your little, I forget what he called it, but the the thing on the, yeah. on the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how good Clearly I am. Clearly not my husband's <laughs> gift. <laughs> not my gift. But uh where the, the water comes the spout the, oh, the spout of the tub <laughs> is is blocked and the water when it when it gets turned off to go to the shower head is actually spraying water back and it's going back behind the thing. I said, So how much is that gonna be? So I can have it fixed in about thirty minutes. I see it goes goes back. It's hundred and forty five dollars. You know? In my mind, you know, my in my mind <laughs> I'm thinking $5,145, you know, and so you can get all caught up in what's going on. And again, trying to live in the moment and trust in God and, and let that play out. And if it had been that, you know, we just had what I'd say, Lord, I need you. We need you to provide for that. But, but anyway, um, 
I guess part of that is that. So it says his last comment on this is remember this God relationships and people matter more than comfort ease or checklists. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the comfort ease and checklist, those are those are pretty good things. But um, but God relationships and people matter more than that. So the, then the next thing is that he talks about. So the first one was reshape our priorities. Second one, putting putting your time and your money where your mouth is, basically showing with what with what you spend time on and what you spend money on that God is first and those priorities are there. And then the third one is community and initiative. Um, and I think that that's... I think, you know, speaking of that, parishes are meant to be like families. So families need to look like families. I mean, not like, you know, well oiled machines. You know, it's it's a place where things can be dirty, where things can be not in order, a place where people love each other in spite of their um, deficiencies. Yeah, nobody needs a Facebook family. Yeah, no, I mean, so, I mean, that, that's, I think, that's one of the hardest things Perfect. today in terms yeah. of being countercultural. Yeah. But I would, wouldn't it be cool if you had a bunch of, like, <laughs> a bunch of uh, Facebook posts that were like, this is what I'm dealing with and have, like. Oh, no, what, no make, you know, I had a friend, you, I had a friend that did that. She did. She, wonderful. It was so, it was so just. Uh, Refreshing. Refreshing and lighthearted. <laughs> yes, she called it every Wednesday. She did a keep she called it keeping it real Wednesday. <laughs> she posted she posted the dirty laundry. She posted the messy closet. She posted, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but I think sometimes With encouragement. It, I think it it is scary because I and I think that's why you have so many people, not just married couples, but kids that get Wow, they've got their life is so great because all they see on those posts is smiles and stuff like that. The older I get, the more I realize nobody's house is like that. There is no Brady Bunch. <laughs> I mean, there the, the, only some of you older people might know what that is, but I mean, the, there there's just not that level of perfection. And so, in family, it is it is that. So we accept people. See, even some people sometimes that we don't like. We still love, we still reach out to. And so that's how our family should look. And that's what, you know, he's saying that, that being in community does not mean I just pick my friends and stay away from everybody else, but I engage and that there is some sort of initiative that we are reaching out, that we are attempting to go see, not just letting it happen to us, but, but, but we accept those when that happens, when somebody shows up that we weren't expecting or something happens that we weren't planning on, which happens all the time. But, but, but also that when, you know, you have that moment that you can reach out to somebody else and tell them that you're thinking about them or that you love them, but it, but it requires initiative. I don't know about you, but even some of the smallest things that have ever, people have ever done to me have always been, been things that have remembered. I mean, I just remember a man showing up at my mother's funeral who I kind of knew. And I'll never forget him just shaking my hand and saying, Trey, I'm so sorry. That's all he said. But, but I was so struck by the fact that he took the initiative to come, that he was there, that he wasn't afraid to come up and, and shake my hand. So what I'm saying is, is that initiative doesn't need to be like the movement that's going to change the world. It doesn't have to be the beginning. It's just that one step. And I think if you, if you read any of Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you'll see that, you know, she always said, you know, I didn't spend my time trying to change the structures. I just picked up the first person that I came across. And I think that we need to have maybe that attitude about how we proceed, that we're going to take initiative when we see somebody in need that like we would our child or our mom or whomever, that we're going to reach out in community to, to those people. But I also think it's also remembering that sometimes that, you know, being able to be present with people and, um, you know, because sometimes people don't always look sad, but right. if you spend a little bit more time asking questions and really listening um, you know, people will open up and tell their stories and tell their hurts. And, you know, so um, I know I was I've been struck with that in the last few years that there were people that I thought were, you know, 
Everything were fine. Everything was great in their life, you know. And then when you know when you spent just a f- few more minutes uh, of purposefulness and and presence, you know, with them, you find out, oh my goodness, you know, there's you're walking around with a heavy hurt, you know. So um, I think we, you know, we kind of. We kind of have not only the social media, you know, but we also have our Facebook faces, you know. Um, and, and so I think it's it, it really has um, done a number on us to distract us from from people, you know. From the three-dimensional people. Yes, from the three-dimensional people. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that that's really important to remember, that you take initiative, that you have your eyes open, your kind of antenna up. And then also I think you need to be vulnerable with, with the appropriate people and the appropriate time and place. I mean, you don't need to share everything with just anybody, but, but if you're in a group and you're there and you feel prompted to share something that you're struggling with or whatever, and it's a, the appropriate, then, because sometimes the way you open up other people is to be vulnerable yourself uh, to those people. So anyway, it takes initiative. It's not just passive. There's something about being a countercultural because I do think that's what happens. I mean, most things are passive. People will just let things happen. They'll pass by the person on the road instead of doing that. So, and then the last thing was <laughs> beyond politics. Um, try to talk with my, with my kids, you know, um, it is important for us to remember that we are Catholics first. You know, we're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. We're not, libertarians or anything like that. And I think that um, it is, there may be some that are there that may or may not be more in line, but we have to be part of being countercultural is to not so much go like, because the culture tends to hop on board of one or the other, right? I mean, and I'm, I'm a Republican, staunch Republican, or I'm a staunch Democrat. Instead of that, be having that balance, which is a Catholic integrated approach that says, okay, you know, the, this party has these things that I would be in line with and and would think would be good. And this party has some other that aren't. And so to be willing to, we should be people that are able to help bridge the gap if we are truthful to our Catholicism. You know, the other thing is, is I'm hoping that someday there will be politics in the best sense of the term, (laughs) getting things done for the greater good um, is reinvigorated and I think if it is going to be it's going to be because Catholics re-engage the culture in a way that is not yelling and screaming or you know storming and setting fire to a city or storming the capital or whatever is going on that we're actually engaging with other human beings in dialogue to talk through issues and realize that if I don't agree with you and you don't agree with me, doesn't mean that we can't be friends. And if we are friends, we can still talk about these issues and not be on attack mode. That's, that's, you want to talk about countercultural <laughs> right now, just look around. There's no, I mean, everything is always yelling, pointing fingers, you know, they're wrong and, and, and tending towards violence. If this country is going to ever get back to where it is, it's going to be because of, Catholics and Christians who can recognize that that person sitting across from you may have totally different values, but Jesus Christ died for that person as much as he died for you. And if he's put that person in front of you, then we can have a conversation with somebody, even if we disagree and that we need to try to do that. So, I love, um, I love um, one of the paragraphs um, in Marcel's blog post is, um, as you were saying, our, din- our identity should be Catholic, all of what it means to be Catholic. We also need to be humble enough to listen to our leaders, faithful enough to conform our lives to Catholic doctrines, and good enough to transcend the toxicity in our culture. And I know that, that, that was, you know, someone, it was beautiful, and someone said to me, and, and, and you know, and I've really, I, fi- I find myself kind of slipping at times that I hear this question that someone asked me and said, what do you, what do you want your kids to tell your grandkids about how you handled this pandemic? You know, and, yeah. and boy, that question, the answer is probably 
aren't too pretty for me sometimes, <laughs> you know, right. a lot of anger, sometimes fear. I mean, you know, um, but I, I think it, that's just a very convicting question is, you know, because there is there's a huge change going on right now. And I know, I, you know, I don't know about you all, but I, I personally feel so overwhelmed with what do we do? Where do we start and what do we do? And um, I think, you know, just recently, God has just reminded me, you you just need, you need to pray. <laughs> right. You need to pray. I mean, th- there's no way that, you know, one person or even a few people are going to make, you know, unbelievable changes. But if we are praying and all looking for God's will in our own lives um, and, and trying to follow him. There and will, remember, there it's not changes. the Republican platform or the Democratic platform. It's the person sitting across for you that Jesus died for, right? right. And that that's the person that, that you need to try to reach with love. And that starts not by doctrine or whatever. It, start, it starts with just caring enough to engage the person in a, conference, in a conversation and growing a friendship and pulling up alongside them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, go make sure to read that. It, yeah, Marcel right. says it, it really, really, really well done. I mean, he's a friend. Normally, I would say something different, but this is really on target. I mean, it's it's awesome, and so I think everybody should go read it. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, his blog post on CatholicMissionaryDisciples.com. dot uh, com. And today, our uh, memory verse is going to be from Romans twelve two. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And he is perfect. And we are called to be perfect as he is perfect. And we need to do that with prayer and support and encouragement from one another. Remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you. We're praying for you. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless you guys.